Hey, what's going on? This is episode 171 of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I am Michael Cirillo, your host. And yes, you're probably going, okay, Cirillo, what in the world is going on with your voice? Well, I got a bit of a chest cold this week, so this is what happens, right? I mean, I've got a bit of a probably a baritone kind of voice to begin with. And so when I get a chest cold, uh, especially around this time of year, change of season, lots of pollen and all that kind of stuff. Well, this is what happens. I wake up one morning sounding like uh, Optimus Prime. And of course, uh, that is, as you can imagine, the exact voice that my kids want me to say everything as in the Cirillo household this week. So it's been a lot of this. Before time began, there was the cube. Anyway, so something I thought we could do here in episode 171 is fly solo so that I can address a question that I get asked all the time, something along the lines of, hey, Michael, I've got these awesome ideas that I really want to try out, but I always get a no from my management team. What can I do to get buy-in? Whether it's meeting with you in person or at my uh, seminars that I do every couple of months or on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, I always get that similar thing theme of a question. How do I get buy-in? And so what I thought we could do here in this episode is talk about some of the things that I've seen work well so that you can really help your management team see your vision, get that approval, you start executing and really bring benefit to your career in the automotive industry as well as to the dealership. Okay. So let's dig into that topic right now. Here we go. Before we get into the weeds here, I think it's important to point out that there are so many contexts in which my thoughts can be received, right? I'm not going to be able to touch on all of them. That would be impossible. But, you know, I get asked way too often about the topic of getting buy-in that I think it's really worth to just take a crack at it, right? First, I think it's important that we talk about the variety of contexts and why you might not be getting buy-in currently. That way we can hopefully paint a picture that resembles some of the, the situations that I've encountered. Ultimately, the intent here is to get you thinking about your current situation and hopefully provide some ideas um, about how you can overcome and move forward. Sound fair? Okay, so let's look at this. Maybe, maybe you're not getting buy-in because you haven't proven yourself yet. Maybe you're in the process of a reset, turning over a new leaf and making commitments to think bigger reach higher and live happier. First of all, if that's the case, congratulations. That's awesome. But you need to understand that if you have history at that dealership, um, you've worked there for a while and you've kind of been, you know, blase, you can understand why uh, the leadership might be hesitant, right? They just don't have enough experience with the new you in order for them to want to hear you out. For you, I recommend charting your course. Like, what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Chart that course uh, and and just take into account the relationship building phase of the process because that's really where you are. You're basically starting from scratch and it's important to recognize that, okay? Don't get discouraged by it. Don't trick yourself into believing that, oh man, well, I've been here for so long. They should just know who I am. They don't. They don't know the new you. Okay, so consider what you can do to build trust with your management team uh, and with your team members. Go beyond the coffee and donuts, okay, like just all that superficial stuff. 
You got to think about how you can convey your intent and build enough equity in the relationship that they want to hear what you have to say. And maybe something you can do, and we'll talk about this in a second, is schedule a meeting with them. No more than five minutes. Just just to let them know that you've been investing in yourself. You recognize that you could be better and you wanted them and yourself to succeed. Put Put the new you on their radar and follow through on the commitments that you're telling them that you're making. Now, on the flip side, maybe you're doing great in your role. Maybe you are performing well, you're getting results, but you're you're stuck with certain roadblocks that you just don't quite have the ability to overcome on your own. As an example of this, Kay, I was conducting a one-day seminar a few months ago where two of the attendees encountered a problem that would basically derail multiple rooftops uh, PPC accounts. They had tried everything in their power to rectify the problem on their own. Google support, account rep support, uh, tech support, all of the things, okay? When I inquired as to whether they had brought the issue to their leader, they sank in their seats. This is what they said. They said, well, he just asked, isn't that what you get paid for? I felt for them, okay? Scenarios where you're powerless, but you're also the scapegoat if anything goes wrong, is just a pitiful symptom of really poor leadership. If I get paid to do the job, then gosh, like grant me all the access, accountability, and decision-making necessary to do the job, right? Makes sense. Part of getting buy-in suggests that as the leader, you are someone that gives the team your time. Your attention and care is the most valuable thing you can give your team. And if you're not willing to do even that, you don't deserve your position, period. There's not, okay, there's no debating that simple fact. You're a dick and not qualified to fulfill your role. I feel like I need to say that like Optimus Prime, right? You are a dick and not qualified to fulfill your role. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, yeah, 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 you're busy. I get it. I operate a business, multiple in fact, but there's just so much in your control that it would be asinine to consider that of all you control, of all in your power, you can't control your own schedule. Come on, like, let's get serious here. Offer to schedule a meeting, okay? If you're the leader, offer to schedule a meeting. If somebody comes to you, hey, I hear you. Let's put five minutes on the calendar. Let's put seven minutes on the calendar. Let's put 10 minutes. How much time do you believe you'll need? Let's put that on the calendar and then stick to it. Don't do the, oh, sorry, I got pulled into a meeting. Like, don't do the dick moves. Nobody's saying you have to drop everything in that moment, but I promise you, especially those of you who are struggling with poor culture, that giving your time will pay you back dividends like nothing else. But back to the flip side of this, okay? You're the employee. As the employee, you need to make sure that you have your ducks in a row. Empower your leaders and managers to do their job, which is to lead, which is to manage. Rather than bringing them problems, come armed with two or three possible solutions. Give them the information as efficiently as possible with the possible outcomes to choose from. Sadly, too many people are uh, great at citing the problem and so few are able to think through solutions. So you'll immediately set yourself apart as somebody that needs to get buy-in if you can come armed with solutions. A misconception about leaders is that they they, they always should have the answer, 
But if you're blindsiding them with a certain problem that needs solving, of course they might suggest, uh, isn't that what you get paid for? Right? You see how that kind of works? Like, you didn't empower them, so they're kind of like, well, don't you get paid to figure out the solutions? Right? That that could ultimately be what they're saying. Like, isn't that what you get paid for? That could just be a really poor way of saying, come to me with solutions. So you can see there are two sides to the coin. But speaking of communication, okay, effective communication is is going to be just the best way to get buy-in or give buy-in. And I think you see that as we're talking about this, the roads lead to how effectively do I communicate? Well, I found this case study, which I, I'll link to in the show notes, that discusses the cost of poor communication. Okay, you ready for this? No one knows, this is from the article, no one knows exactly how much poor communication costs business, industry, and government each year, but estimates suggest b b b b Billions. Billions. In fact, a recent estimate claims that the cost in the U.S. alone are close to $4 billion annually. Poorly worded or inefficient emails, careless reading or listening to instructions, documents that go unread due to poor design, hastily presenting inaccurate information, sloppy proofreading. All of these examples results in inevitable costs. The problem is that these costs aren't usually included on the corporate balance sheet at the end of each year, so often the problem remains unsolved. Four billion annually? Ooh, right? That that's disgusting. And uh, and of course it's not getting tracked on the corporate balance sheet. Uh there, how how would you track this? Okay? How would you how do you have a bearing on the cost of poor communication, but those are the closest estimates. Uh, now, here's the thing. That that article was written in 2016, or, or that case study, rather. So I'm imagining it's about the same, if not greater. I don't think in the last few years we've become any better at communicating. In fact, a reminder I have uh, regularly is when you feel like you're over-communicating, you're probably just barely communicating enough. We do not communicate well enough, and it especially shows when we're trying to get buy-in about something, some great idea. Okay, now suppose, regardless of everything else we've talked about, uh, you have learned something or you found something that you believe is going to be the cat's meow, but you've struggled to get buy-in in the past, and so you're reluctant, and maybe you're just like, ah, eh, whatever, is it? Is it even worth it? Well... But then there's that inner debate because you care so much about it that you're obviously thinking about it, but you're, yeah, do I, do I not? You know, it's just a mess. Well, here's some of the things that I have found work best. Again, you need to take into consideration your own circumstances. The first thing, okay, schedule a time with the decision maker. Refrain from those spur of the moment meetings because we all do this. We, we just see each other in passing and you go, oh, hey, uh, Tim. Would you, uh, I got a really cool idea. I want to just run past you. Well, you know what Tim's going to do? Tim's going to go, okay, Bob, well, well, let's just hear it now. What is it that it just doesn't work? And it doesn't work for a couple of reasons. First, most of us suck at just getting the, the full message, the way we want it, the full pitch out when it's spur of the moment, because it was just that spur of the moment. 
Um, and second, related to that first point, is that's probably the fastest way to get that. Okay, well, let's look at it and go from there, which is basically their way of sweeping it under the rug, hoping that nothing comes of it. Or in other words, kind of saying, well, if this was good enough for spur of the moment, then it's probably not a priority because things that are a priority we make time for, we schedule. So I'd recommend, you know, sending an email or if your dealership or business uses an instant messaging program like Slack or whatever, uh, send it, send it out, send out a message requesting that five to seven or 10 minutes or however much time you'll, you'll take. But if you want to get in the door, make it a, you know, a lesser amount of time, five minutes. The second thing is prepare with any needed documents, reports, or examples that showcase your idea. Yep, kind of sounds like a book report, but it demonstrates um, how much time you've put into it and how much thought you've put into it and how seriously you're taking it. And your leadership or management would be, you know, back back to being dicks if you demonstrated how much time, thought, and energy you'd put into this idea and then weren't willing to give you time. Once you've done that, the the third thing I suggest is Convey the value of whatever it is you're, you're trying to present in a way that benefits the dealership, that benefits them, and also benefits you. Think about packaging, okay? If you saw, if you saw a, a plastic bag on the side of the road filled with yellow, you know, almost slightly dark yellow fluid, you would not pick it up. You would go, that's disgusting. Now, think about packaging. If you were walking down the street and you looked down and saw a closed, sealed soda can or beer can with that same dark yellow fluid, you yeah, don't don't lie, okay? Nobody nobody can see you. You you would probably consider picking it up. You go, oh man, well it's closed, it's sealed. Just throw it in a bucket of bleach, you know, and we're good to go. So it's all about the packaging. If you make it sound all about you, they will be less inclined to pay attention. And I'm not trying to make them sound rude, okay? I'm not trying to make them sound uninterested. But they have just as many, if not more, plates spinning in a, in a variety of things, okay? They're looking at budgets. They're looking at morale, culture, HR, uh, operations. They're looking at a slew of different things. So you can understand if your presentation's off and it doesn't really show benefit to the business and to them and to you, um, that they're probably not going to pay attention. They're not, they're not going to... They're not going to make it a priority. They're not going to want to pay attention. And you can't blame them because if the roles were reversed, you'd probably be the same. Now, maybe the topic you want to discuss with them is a little more challenging. Maybe you want to talk about pay plan or time off or working hours. Well, you, you want to follow those same three steps. Get the meeting. Be prepared with anything, any documentations like document what you're contributing to the business and what the noticeable outcomes have been for them. Show that you are a builder contributing to culture, to income, or to whatever else you believe they will be receptive to. Demonstrate, uh, demonstrate how much you care. Don't just say it because you know how the saying goes, talk is cheap. Again, there are more scenarios than I can count that you're probably dealing with each day, week, year too many to discuss in one podcast episode. However, I hope that this at least gives you some ideas. 
it gets the juices flowing so that you can get clarity about your circumstances. Episode 171 is in the can. Thanks again for joining me. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that and turn on notifications. Or if you've already done that, I would be so grateful for an honest review on iTunes or wherever you're listening right now. That way you and I can help more people benefit from all of the cool things that you and I are learning together here on the podcast. And lastly, keep those questions and comments rolling in. You can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I love hearing from you guys. Now, don't forget, keep the playbook open and dominate.